This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking Astrology with the key master, the master of the keys, Samuel Reynolds. Hello there, sir. Hello, Karen. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm happy to see you. You look you look brown, biscuity, like you got some sun on that beautiful face of yours, and uh, you, you, the smile tells me everything I need to know. So good to see you. It's good to be seen. Yes, I, I hear all of that. Okay, so today I have no idea what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> I, I meant to ask you off mic. Well, I'm gonna ask you on mic because we you were super transparent. My sun sign is Taurus. Yes. Sign in, in which I was born. The yes. moon sign is what? Again, the moon sign means what? What is the moon sign? What All right, let me just get your, your chart up because I think it's Gemini, but I don't want to misquote. Because um, people want to know. Yeah. Why me, me? Oh, they want to know? Okay, well, um, your moon is in Gemini. So your moon sign is more related to how you experience the world in a more immediate sense, because the moon is closer to us than the sun. So it relates to our emotions. It relates to what I call the concrete mind, which is memory, and more things that we do on a regular, maybe even routine basis, how we respond to things. So with a moon in Gemini, there's going to be a lot more questioning, interrogation, kind of like trying to look at multiple sides of a thing. Um, explains your background related to writing and speaking and communicating because you believe that the key activity of that concrete mind and your emotions is to engage the world with thought right and then make it make sense which is the sun and taurus so that's kind of how we would look at it that that combination of a moon and taurus uh sun and sun and taurus moon and gemini are you are there people that show up that you know, per, famous people that have that combination? Is that a common that combination? one of my limitations. I don't always keep a running catalog. Okay. All right, all right, all right. No, I was just curious, because you know, I know everyone who's a Taurus just about, because I'm just like, oh. Yeah, yeah I mean, but the moon yeah, of and Gemini also is, I can, I mean, I do have a, a thing where I remember particular moon signs and people are often flummoxed by the moon and Gemini because the moon, is in a sign that's very opposite or very different from its nature. The moon is touchy-feely, sentimental, more in general related to feeling, whereas it, in Gemini, it's thinking. So one example of a famous person who messed people up along those lines was Barack Obama. What is he? What is he thinking? What, what's going on? What, is, he, is he Black? Is he white? There's always some measure of you know, flux you know, like trying to pin, because people want to pin people down and Moon and Gemini refuse to, to be pinned. You know, I'm going to, they're going to have their own mind and think through things, usually in a very rational way, which is not the impulse by which most people want to operate. Got it. Okay. All right. So that's enough, enough for me. Thank you for that. Um, so today, uh, and, and for, so if, if anyone were to go back and they find out that their Moon is in a sign, should they go back to one of our episodes to see the traits of that sign? Yeah, that would be good. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, uh, they should. And that's kind of how they get more of a composite picture. They would ideally look at their sun, then they look at their moon, and then look also at their rising sign. 
So if, say you're a Pisces rising, you would try to understand more about, you know, that particular sign. You and know. how do the three work together? So the, the, the sun is when you were born, the moon is your operating system, I guess, or how you look at it. Yeah, that way. That's interesting. Okay. And then, um, and then the, the ultimate trajectory, what we reflect, what's reflective of how you're trying to fulfill your path in life, that's your ascendant. And yeah. that also is going to be more external to people. They may be, that may be also what they, they see more to some degree. They're either going to see more your moon sign or your rising sign. People really? may not. They not the sun sign. We all focus on our sun sign. We do. And that's astrologers' fault, actually. But, um, you know, so often people might, when they guess, I don't know, it'd be interesting to ask you, when people guess your sun sign, what do they guess? I, I rarely have people guess. I usually am the guessing. I'm usually like, you're a, as soon as I meet somebody, I'm like, yeah. Mm, so you're a, mm. if they were just looking at, you know, like your talk show host, your publisher, your all of this you know, a sensible guess would be moon and Gemini or Gemini, but you're not a Gemini. No. But for me, people may guess like, you know, as they interact with me and they see certain things from me, they may guess, oh, you're a Leo. They often guess that. I'm like, no, I'm not a Leo. I have a moon and Leo, but I'm a Scorpio. You have a moon and Leo. I can see that. Okay. What's your rising? Pisces. Ooh. All right. What's my rising? I'm going to tell you something else that's very important because I know you believe in transparency. You notice I've been very careful not to say your rising sign. This is a general note for people. Oh, um, the reason why I haven't said your rising sign, and you know, it depends on your personality. Like I just said, I'm Pisces rising. I don't care. Whatever you want to know, you can find out online. But if you are careful about people knowing certain details about you, you don't necessarily want to reveal that information. Why? Because if I know the date you're born and year, then and I even know like where you were born and that information is public for you, right? Then if you tell me your rising sign, I can figure out when you were born. Right, and what does that, what does that do? Well, it depends on what, so it's a couple of things. You know, one, there are some people who um, in knowing some astrology, you know, they get into what I kind of like astral profiling, then they can like, oh, you know, especially can get nasty, like, oh, when this happens, you're like this. And so they kind of want to pigeonhole you a particular way. Just like we talk like, oh, you're black, you know, oh, you're white, you like this. So that's the, the lower end of the totem pole. The other thing to be concerned about, because we are talking about spiritual matters and occult matters, right. if someone knows what they're doing related to magic, they can perform magic related to your chart. No. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and all of the Jesus, the teenage, baby, that. adult Jesus, resurrected Jesus, the one on the cross. I understand that. And I, I, that. So let me talk about that very briefly, because I think it's important, at least for people, and especially for us, to understand that. So there's a couple things. One, this is my opinion. Um, my opinion is that the comforting thing is that most people who try to do magic suck at it, right? So it's kind of like, and I've seen this, a lot of people try to do spells and whatever, and it's kind of like, it didn't work. Oh, wait, time out though, time out. So you're telling me that there are people living this great life, right? You're born into this great life with all of the opportunities to learn, discover, find out things, you know, which is why I wholesalely kind of reject 
what we're doing actually. <laughs> I reject it because it this is a life to live, right? Live it, discover things. You don't need a chart to tell you what you should and should not do. I think that to me, you're depriving yourself and you're enslaving yourself to data or some stars instead of living your life, period. That's the worst case scenario, right? The best case scenario, <clears throat> it becomes some measure of corroboration for aspirations that you have. It becomes direction when you don't have it, right? So that, and where you can't hear the voice of God speaking to you. God is always talking. That's what I, so be quiet, sit down, be still, pray, meditate. People don't have fast, mind. So and, this is and connect to God, like this is ridiculous. I understand that. So what I see my job is, is often as a stand-in until they can hear their voice. But mm -hmm. the busyness of their minds, the nature of desire, which keeps us active and suffering, sometimes prevents us from being able to hear that voice. So astrology, like many other meditative forms and divination forms, is I think is at its best as a stand-in. There are some people then who don't remember or don't know how to stand in for themselves. They don't know how to then step into the place of authority in their own lives. So I never believe I am the authority on anyone else's life. I am just commenting using a chart related to that person's authority. So I agree with you, but I think so, this so is- would you, would you consider yourself like a cosmic map, like a cosmic um, GPS? So yeah. it's like a, there's like a map, you know, you know I, I can get to New York five different ways. Right. Wait, let me see. Staten Island Bridge, Staten Island, George Washington, Lincoln Tunnel, Holland Tunnel. Yeah. I could take one and I could I take one. No, I still have to car. All right, four different ways I can get to New York. I can get to New yeah. York. So it's your GPS system. It's your GPS. It's kind okay. of like rerouting, rerouting, right? right? You know, it's kind of that way in which we could like, okay, you're making this turn. You've decided to do this choice. Now we're trying to figure out. That's the best case scenario. Now, related to what we were talking about, especially talking about magic, yeah, there are some people who seem like they have nothing else to do, but they want to mess with someone else. And I've seen people try to do it with me. Stop, I, stop, pause. I was dating a woman who you tried to work magic on me. She tried to put a root on you, Sam? Something like that, yeah. Oh, how, did you, well, how did you discover this? So so here's the thing. You're in, how, how do you know if somebody's doing magic, right? So I'm asking a lot of questions. I need all of the answers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> so we're not going to stop till you get it. All right. So you're in this relationship. How did you know that the woman was performing magic or trying to? Now that gets into a little more of a complicated answer. I was in meditation. And um, long story short, I have a spirit animal. And the spirit animal, when this woman appeared before me, I, you know, I mean, she ruminated in my mind. And I had never seen it before went and attacked her and I was like what are you doing blah 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 I just live you know and the other thing you know I I you know I have a strong communal tie with my ancestors with the spirit world in general so you know not to say that it's impossible to work magic on me or whatever but it's it is in the realm of some measure of difficulty as I understand it so when this spirit animal went and attacked this woman I contacted her I reached out to her and then I'm you know I'm pretty point blank. So I just asked her, I was like, were you, were you meditating on me or trying to work magic <laughs> on me? You know, and she admitted it. She well, was like, yes, yes, I was. But she, and I, I, I'm sorry. Um, and she was sorry because she was sick. 
she had gotten sick. So that attack from my spirit animal led to an illness with her. Are you kidding me? No, no. Like, this is a real, th- okay. All right, because there's some people right now, like I'm like, get the F out of here. Like, are you serious? Here's the thing that trips me out. And my logical mind tells me that none of this could happen. But my spirit absolutely believes everything that you're saying is true. Mm-hmm. That conflict with the material and, and the spiritual, the, the, the here and now and the everywhere else, which is happening at the same time, we have been so conditioned to think about things in such a, you know, square, you know, very wooden, very narrow way that when you're saying this, I want to reject it just completely that you had a spirit animal, that you were in meditation, that she admitted it, that she was performing something on you that backfired and made her sick. Mm. And this commonly happens. That's why I think I don't do magic, right? I once knew how, I come from a family that would work magic and this is something important. You know, this is something actually within our tradition, whether we're talking about hoodoo, you know, whether we're talking about in terms of working with the ancestors through some African traditional religions, or your grandmother's psalm book, right? There are, there are prayers, there are certain prayers you can pray using the psalms, right? By which certain things can happen. And, and, fire- and let me just say this. Those of you who pray, you pray and ask for things with the expectation that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, that's an incantation. In many mm-hmm. ways, well, the Bible says you speak it into creation, The Bible talks about speaking. It also talks about witchcraft being something we should not, divination we we should not be delving into, which we've covered in a previous episode. But literally in the beginning was the word, the word became flesh. The word was God. The word was with God. The word was God. The word becomes flesh, which is why for me, words are so potent and powerful. I'm very careful with my words uh, in terms of what I put out into the universe. I pray before every time I open the mic, except I didn't today. So let me say a prayer in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, be with us today and be with Sam, be with me and everyone who's listening, because I think that that's important. And I believe that when I say it, so why do it? You know, so like we those with the rosaries we say these things we pray to different saints those catholics to the saints for different protections but yet when we have this conversation oh no no this is back up Ugh, witchcraft absolutely yeah i mean and this isn't within our tradition and i think what we're really talking about is spiritual and psychic self-defense and awareness mm. right? and i think this is important, especially for us in dealing with this. I mean, like one, just to kind of go on a different tangent other than talking about magic. Um, when I went to India and I stayed in India for three months the first time and I was there and you can see me, y'all can see me, you know, if when my head is shaved as it is now, um, Indians didn't know what I was. They would come up to me and speak Hindi, right? Or whatever language, wherever I was in the country. And I'm like, I don't, I'm American. Then there was an issue like, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from the United States of America. No, where's your family really from? Right. So that was always an issue. But when I came back to the States, <clears throat> what I became aware of that I had not ever fully sensed before, only knew it in theory, was the psychic drain and sense of oppression that we have in America. Like I literally, as I was walking up 
Philadelphia streets, because I was living in Philadelphia at the time. And it's not just unique to Philadelphia. Um, walking up Philadelphia streets, I felt as I passed mainly white people, it's like, die, die, right? I just felt this energy that was not life-supporting and sustaining. That's real. And I, at first, my logical mind, because remember, I'm always a skeptic. It's like, nah, I'm just projecting, blah, blah, blah. And the more I've thought about it and then read other things, it is real. You know, one person who wrote about this but didn't necessarily name it always this way was Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison talked about the margin, not just the social marginalization of Black people, but the psychic and how we marginalize or we're marginalized from ourselves, our sense of self. That happens in daily interactions. And so we have to realize this is happening on a psychic level. So, man, I, we didn't, I didn't expect to have this conversation with you today, but, but I, I love it. No, it's important because, you know, I'm, I'm in constant preparation for the creation of the world that I, I want to live in, right? So I'm constantly saying that, you know, the world I want to live in, uh, everyone has abundance. Everyone has everything they need. Not, not everyone's going to be happy because that's a personal choice, but there's going to be no lack and I also feel like, you know, we can create a space where we're all safe, right? Because if we all have mutual respect, we have respect for one another and ourselves first, then you're not going out trying to harm people. If you can look at everybody as literally your family member or somebody that you love, it makes this journey a whole lot easier. Not that we're not going to have our bumps and bruises. So every day I get up and you're right, you, you need the galvanization of all of the spiritual forces to do anything that you want to accomplish, for you to go to a country that you're not from, spend three months where they validate their ancestors, they validate the animals, they, you know, and in their religion, you know, they believe that that roach came back as something else. So therefore we can't harm the, the cow or what have you. At the same time, there's brutal rapes going on in this country. There's racism. Racism, classism. You know, mm -hmm. there's a real tale of two cities, but fundamentally there's this, you know, whether it's hypocritical or not, this kind of understanding that all God's creatures are valued. You come right. back to America and you get this die, die, die energy, which I'm sure people aren't even conscious of that they're emitting. Right. And it's, it's, it's there. I mean, we all talk about it you know, whether we're talking about it through film, whether we're talking about it in terms of historical dramas or current dramas, there's definitely, you know, this, this whole idea of I wish you would go away. Derek Bell, everyone wants to talk about critical race theory. Derek Bell even made, you know, a story about it. And then it was made into um, HBO or Showtime. One of them made a, a, even a, like a, a little uh, series about it. I think it was called Cosmic Soup or something like that. But basically one story was aliens came and said, listen, we'll fix all your problems if you give us all the black people, right? That was a Derrick Bell story that made, oh, wow. that made right? We'll, we'll actually fix all your problems. And don't you know the world gave us up, right? It was like, oh, okay, well, bet. And, and we were taken away. And I think the commentary on that really is kind of, you know, coming with this idea like, yeah, we're not sure about you. And this is kind of like something that happens the world over. You know, the moment, you know, different permutations. I had, it was, in, it was fascinating. You know, I, I had, I saw people in India who are darker than I am, darker than you, darker than most people in my family, right? 
saying kalikata, kalikata, which is something like the equivalent of the N-word. N-word, yep. Right? To me. And I'm like, but but how? <laughs> how are you? you uh, and it's not like I was that hurt, because initially I didn't even know what they were saying. It was my um, Indian friend who was like kind of, you know, you know, squeezing me away, kind of like, okay, we got to get out of here. Because it's just like, they were, they were saying these things to me, you know? So uh, getting back to the spiritual protection, because I, now, now you got me uh, fascinated. So there are people who spend their time not living their lives, but figuring out how to influence or impact other people's lives. Correct. For what purpose? So is power is a power play? Like if I can impact your life, then somehow I'm powerful? Yes. And, and, and so- baseline is power. Okay. Level, so, so they're incredibly insecure and small. They're incredibly right. tiny people. Okay. Their own narrative, right? Um, which could be their perception that you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. You know, even though you may not have done anything, your knowledge to them, but right. that's their story. And they're still so, so this you. is a lesson for everyone. If somebody has hurt you and you don't tell them, that's your responsibility. You can't put that on somebody else. You have to let somebody know that they stepped on your foot or hit you, you know, because they may not have meant to do it. And you have to give them the opportunity to apologize if they did hurt you. But if you keep that to yourself and then plot the a whole thing, that is definitely going to boomerang back on you. That's your bad karma that you're, so I just have to say that. Just thank you. And the other thing I'll say to that, which is something, you know, y'all have heard me say before, it's also a reflection, yes, a loss of faith in themselves, but a fundamental lack of faith in God or a cosmos that loves them. That's what's also happening. So I feel I have to conduct this spell on this particular man or woman in order to get him or her, rather than trusting I have the resources or God will provide the resources by which to, to have this person in my life. Now that's different than like having a talisman to draw love or a talisman to draw money or other resources to you that you're seeking, you know, the cosmos to kind of pull things to you. But there are people, yeah, who will, you know, if they have their information, you know, I see it all the time, you know, different permutations. One example I might give is, you know, I would have people, clients call me and say like, you know, I've been seeing this guy, he's married and um, I want to know when he's going to- Right there, you're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> I want to know when he's going to leave his wife. Okay, I have his wife's information. Here's her information. I don't need the wife's information. I don't want the wife's information. I'm going to deal with you, but. Wow. wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, that would happen a lot. So, you know, this is, this is the darker side of okay. dealing. And, and, and this spell thing, uh, getting back to it, uh, what iterations, like, so I believe all things, my grandmother used to talk about people putting roots on people. My mother, my father's mother, you mm -hmm. know, comes from South Carolina, Geechee, you know, she, which to me is re retention of African culture, right? So mm -hmm. the whole root, you know, don't let your hair, you know, make sure you pick up your hair and you burn it. Don't, you know, like, don't let nobody mess with your hair. Don't let nobody come past you. Like I, I every place I've ever stayed, I don't sage, but I definitely uh, pray around the doors and, and the windows. I have, actually, I have a mezuzah outside my door right now. Alhamdulillah, okay. Yes, I mean, I'm, I'm extra at the same time because, <laughs> hey, if it works and if it doesn't, you explain no what harm. Is this? I mean, some people. So, um, first of all, it's, a, it's I, be, I believe it's a song. It's a song. It's a it's a prayer 
that um, uh, I don't I don't want to credit uh, a certain religion. So but it's mainly oh. them who do it, right? It's not okay. only them. It's yeah. mainly Jews. Well, you know what though. I went because uh, I've always um, wanted to have a, a mezuzah in, on my door. And when I was in New York, this is about 20 years ago, um, I went to get one. And uh, there's a store uh, in New York, and they wouldn't sell it to me. They wouldn't sell wow. it. They wouldn't sell me one, right? So um, I thought that was interesting. So so it's supposed to be a parchment piece of paper. Uh, it, that has a Hebrew verse from the Torah, which is actually Deuteronomy. I'm going to give you the exact verse. Deuteronomy 6 and 4, uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, and Deuteronomy 11, 13 through 21. It's a prayer. It's hear, O Lord, our God, Lord is one. Uh, and it is the doorstep of, of most Jewish homes. It, and, and the commandment is to write the words of God on the gates and the doorposts of your house. And so anything coming in to your doorway is sacred, you know, so it's kind of like nothing's going to pass your door. And I think it goes back to putting the lamb's blood uh, and Passover as well. Like it's that. So the angels will know this is the house that is marked with uh, goodness. But is that is that spell spelly? Now, now you got me thinking. Well, it's protection, right? You know, and there's various forms of protection. There's, as you mentioned, saging is Palo Santo. There's, you know, where you can create your own prayer and put it under your, you know, you know welcome mat or whatever. Um, there's all kinds of different things. If someone gets the five, six, seven, you know, the, the six, seven books of Moses, there are different prayers and there's, you know, there, you can do it on the Psalms. Um, by the way, that's how I got to that astrologer in the first place in Philly. I was looking for the seven books of Moses. And because really? I, I wanted it for my own power, right? Because my mom took it away from me when I got it. Somehow I got my hand on it. And she's like, you don't need this, right? Which she was right. Because I was trying to perform one of those spells for increased intelligence or something like that. And I was like, mom, do you have like red ink and like, a hardball egg and parchment paper. My mom was astute, you know, double Libra. So it's like, what do you need that for? Uh, it's just something I'm doing, like a project. What kind of project requires those things? Well, what are you doing? Uh, what do you have? Uh, and then I had to confess up because I couldn't lie to my mom, you know. So um, I, I had to give her the book and she was like, you don't need this. So I was determined to get it, even though I didn't know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to do anything with it. I didn't think I really believed in it, but that's how I got to that astrology. So the seven books of Moses are supposed to... Apocryphal books that were not or not in the Bible. Now, whether they are legitimate or not, that's debatable. Where did you get them? Um, well, you can get them at a bookstore. You can order them at amazon.com. So somewhere I have you the books and an egg and some red ink. <laughs> well, it was a particular prayer from the Psalms, you know, so you can do a particular prayer. I think it was Psalm 119. I don't remember the verses right now. And then you also have to evoke um, these angels, uh, the names of these angels, which I, I do remember most of their names, or at least three of them. But um, this will give you increased intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, so, it's seven books of Moses. 
um, you can get that in magical uses of the Psalms. I, I'm looking at it right on Amazon. Yo, I mean, I'm I'm not surprised, but at the same time, there are levels to this. I, I realized just now I spend so little time, even though I do pray every day and I, I guess I do some forms of rituals uh, just naturally now that I'm thinking about it out loud, but there's a lot of time people are spending on trying to improve themselves when they could just literally pick up some books and, and, and engage with other people to learn more things. Or, or pray or contemplate. I mean, you know, we can't forget one of the earliest injunctions was to know thyself. Mm. And the more that you know yourself, the more you can be in communion with yourself and what's around you. And even the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that one hour of contemplation, this is a hadith, it's not in the Quran. One hour of contemplation is more than, um, you know, days of prayer, right? And that's not discounting prayer. It's more so, you know, sitting with yourself and sitting with your thoughts so that when you go to pray, you're clearer. Mm. A lot of people just go into pray prayer and they just kind of recite words, especially this is a critique, even of my own religion, especially in Islam. We just say the Arabic words and like you ask a Muslim, what does that mean? And then even the next question is, what does that mean for you? Right. We're not thinking about that. I, I, I read somewhere that <clears throat> 75 percent of folks that practice Islam can't read Arabic. I'm one of them. Right, so you're so so somebody's telling you what's in the book that you can't read for yourself. How you but know translation? Yes, that's true. You know, I, I find that um, interesting, and a lot of those people are illiterate. So even if they could read, they can't read. Or if they, even if they can speak Arabic, the Arabic of the Quran is not the same as modern or contemporary Arabic. Or depending on the region of the world or the Arabic-speaking world you're right. in. And I guess the same with the uh, Aramaic and Greek, which most of us don't read. And uh, anyway, I just feel like what you said was so powerful in terms of people knowing myself, because the reason why I do these things, all of the things that I do, is so that people can gain a better understanding of themselves and thus the world around them so that they could be more humane and less hateful and evil. Uh, because uh, it's just that energy is killing us, all of us, the globe, the earth included. The earth, is, we already had a whole conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Earth is, is about, she's about ready to uh, shake us the hell off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, she ain't tapping out. We're going to be gone. And yeah, I like living, Sam. So um, before we wrap this part up, um, the, the woman that performed the uh, witchcraft on you or tried to, and it backfired, did you end up staying with her for a period of time? Oh, no, no. But we did, we did make peace even years later. But no, 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 I didn't. Continue. And what was her goal? She wanted you to fall in love? Like, what was she? She wanted me to suffer. She wanted pain. She and wanted you to, oh, because you wouldn't be with her or something? Yep, that's exactly right. Man, you got to stop breaking hearts out here in these streets. You got to <laughs> get these ladies a break. All right. Um, and finally, the, the people that are performing or trying to do stuff to you, because I imagine, the, um, I forgot who was giving a sermon, but they were talking about how sometimes we wake up exhausted because in our sleep, you know, the, the, the fight is between, you know, principalities and forces of the dark world. It's not flesh and blood. We battle not, the Bible says this, against That's flesh true. and blood, that your spirit is fighting 
in your sleep. Like there's a battle going on. I forgot which, whether it was Michael or Gideon that was late getting somewhere because he was busy fighting off the demons to get to someplace. And it's like, there are all these battles going on that many of us don't even know. So how do you protect yourself against something you're not even aware is going on? So I believe in prayer. I believe in conscious prayer, which is being more aware of, you know, your relationship with the divine. Um, there are various things, you know, from various different sources, depending on your tradition, you want to get, you know, get into whether it's like holy oil or, you know, it could be other things that you can have around you. I believe in water, right? And you may say like, well, what do you mean believe in water? I think, you know, in terms of ritual bathing, one of the things that's actually embedded in Islam is, you know, people washing before they have, they go to prayer. Now, for Bedouins in the desert, that seemed like a really practical and useful thing to have happen that the Prophet Muhammad instituted. But it also has a spiritual property. The idea is where by virtue of dealing with washing, you're doing with conscious removal of impurities on the body, but you can also make the correlation to that with soul. So I think we could start thinking about water and being close to water and you know connecting to nature is another way by which we kind of soothe some things and aspects around our spirit. But yeah, there are talismans, there are particular ways in which you could imbue um, certain objects with spiritual forces, whether you have someone do that or you learn to do it or, and talismans don't have to be, I mean, the cross is a talisman. People wear crosses around their neck, right? Dr. Carr calls them, um, I forgot how he puts it, but basically like, would you wear an uh, electric chair around your neck? Would you, would you wear a gas chamber? You know, it's like, that is akin to that. It's a, it's like a, a symbol of death that you're wearing around your neck. I know people feel like they're paying homage to Jesus, but. Yeah, yeah but they also feel like that is imbued with the, you know, the power of, of Christ, which again, I mean, I, I think it's a fair point, you know, because you could say with it, that Greg Carr brings up, Dr. Carr brings up, you know, cause it's not a sepulcher. It's not an empty tomb, right? which is really the symbol of the resurrection. The cross is like, well, that's, that's why he died, right? Which is, you know, which are you talking about? The resurrection, or are you talking about, oh, he shed the blood for me? It depends on what you want. And, you know, right. we also know historically the cross didn't look like that, but we're not going to go deep into that. Oh, don't, start, don't you start messing with people's mythology, Sam. Right, y'all can look that up. Like, but I'll just say the cross was not a cross. They didn't do that. But you can look it up. All right. Are there places, and I don't even want to give people places to go, um, to fight witchcraft? <laughs> yes. So, you know. You, you know, it's right off the top of your head. Yes. Especially on in New York. I mean, you still have to be careful. Just like with any of this, you have to use your powers of discernment, get referrals, whatever. But, you know, one particular place that many people don't pay attention to that's all around, especially New Yorkers, Botanicas, right? Botanicas have that specialization, both in preventing that or, you know, using particular kind of spirits. What the hell's a botanica? Botanica. Botanica. A botanica. botanica. What is that? It's where it's supposedly, you know, where you have botany and you know things related to that. But it's you've seen it, you know, where you have, you know, especially like if you're in a Latin neighborhood, you know, and you see these statues of different, you know, saints, um, yeah. you know, places like that. 
that likely is Botanica. You go in one of those shops and there's usually someone there who's um, an initiate in an African traditional religion, whether they're a Santero or whether they're in the Lukami tradition or whether they're in the, you know, they actually could be in another tradition. So there are those people, um, you know, you also, if you don't want to go into that particular tradition, you know, an adroit adept aware pastor um, can be helpful in that way or an imam. Um, but yeah, you really do want to be careful who you solicit that from because not everyone can do everything. And you also are opening yourself up. I feel like right. I'm not trying to touch it, period. Me personally, y'all can go ahead with all of that. I think, yeah, I think the, the best thing is- trying to call, it's, like, it's like Candyman. I ain't saying that three times either. I, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. I'm not- Right. I whisper Voldemort, but I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to just scream Stage it. I'm not, trying, I'm not trying to scream it. I'm just not, I just right. don't want to do it. I'm not trying to call to me the thing that I don't want around me. I think you also, law of attraction says whatever you're obsessed with becomes your reality. So maybe it's good that I don't. And yet people can never forget Satan thrives on fear. So if fear becomes larger than in your heart than faith or love, you can become more prone to what we could call satanic forces. It's very simple. So you have to cultivate more faith. And how you have faith is by acknowledging and directing your energy toward what is greater than you, whatever that is for you, whether that's nature or law, Jehovah, Jesus. Faith is the act of opening up to what is greater. And on that note, I love you, Sam Reynolds. See, look at that. I feel you too. I feel you. I love you. I love everybody watching. Listen, um, this doesn't have to be for you, but I feel like the more you know, uh, even if you don't believe in it, the more tools you have in your toolbox to craft whatever future you want to live in. So uh, thank you for taking this journey with us. Follow him at Unlock Astrology, unlockastrology.com and unlock uh, Astro. It? Astro on the Twitters. He, got, he had to do a new Twitter page. Unlock Astro on the Twitters. Sam Reynolds, I appreciate you. And Thank I you. you. And we'll talk about Astro Cartography next week then. We will. We'll we will. But we have to go with the flow. And this was, this, this likely was for somebody who needed to hear this, whoever it was. So um, this is for you. Thank you. <laughs>